Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and welcome. We have a great show in store for you today. In fact, my guest, Amanda Bible Williams, is back, and I say back because today's episode 385, and she was our guest on episode 110 back in 2016. Yes, it's been a while, and we have a lot to catch up on. In fact, the beginning of the show, she catches us up on her life because in 2016, she only had three kids, and now she has four kids. You actually might know her Instagram if you followed her about her son, Toby, who came home from China in 2018. And the journey that they've been on has not been easy, but God has been so faithful. And Toby has been such a joy to their family and is such a joy to their family. And so she catches us up on that life. Amanda and Rachel Myers, who's also been on the show before, run She Reads Truth. And she told us today it's almost 10 years old. You guys know we are fans of She Reads Truth around here. In fact, we just recently gave away one of their Bibles. I highly recommend you to check out their stuff. If you're looking for a Bible reading plan or a Bible, you should check out She Reads Truth and all that they're doing. Guys, today we talk a lot about a new project that Amanda was just a part of called The Faithful Project. It's a book and album, so it's songs and words all in one. And let me tell you, there are some amazing women a part of this project. Some of our past happy hour guests that are a part of this, Ann Voskamp, Jenny Owens, who you just heard on the happy hour, Lisa Harper, Rachel Myers, Ruth Jo Simon, Sally Lloyd-Jones, who's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, Trillia Newbell. And Ellie Holcomb as well. And so this project releases May 1st. We're going to talk a lot about it in the show today so you're here. But it's all about faithful women in the Bible. And in fact, today we spend a lot of time talking about Rahab and the woman at the well that Jesus has an encounter with. It was so fun to just sit and talk with such a good friend about the faithfulness of Jesus to these women's lives and the way they impacted their communities and the lineage of Jesus. It's a great show. You're going to love it so much. Guys, before we jump into the show with Amanda, I want to remind you that Mother's Day is right around the corner, literally right around the corner. And if you're looking for a gift for any special woman in your life, whether that is your actual mom or someone who has been like a mom to you, we have a blog post ready for you to help you out. You go to jamieivy.com slash Mother's Day 2021. All of us around here at the office, myself and Lindsay and Abby and Lacey, we put together some of our favorite things that we would think about getting our moms for Mother's Day. We included things like Trove, which is an ethically made clothing company. They make clothes, shoes, handbags, home goods. Goods, and they are dedicated to paying their workers a fair wage and helping their employees have dignity with their jobs wherever they live around the world. Also, another company we love is Piper and Leaf Tea, which is a family-run business. And let me tell you, now is the time to get some really, really good tasting tea. And also Duncan and Stone Paper Co., which is a faith-based product line aimed specifically at capturing your life story through the art of journaling. Any of these three would be amazing gifts for that mom in your life. Or go to jamieivy.com slash Mother's Day 2021 to see several more options that we have for you that we think would be fun gifts. Okay, friends, here is my conversation with Amanda Williams. Amanda, welcome back to the happy hour. Oh, I've missed you in the happy hour. It's good to see you. I was looking back as to the last time you were on. So this episode is coming out April 28th of 2021. Okay. The last time you were on was October of 2016. That's crazy to think about. (laughs) It's crazy to think about for a lot of reasons. But in your particular We've lived a lot of lives since then, haven't we, Jamie? You've had a lot... (laughs) 
you personally have had a lot happen since October 2016. So here's where I want to start is I want you to introduce yourself, tell everyone what you're doing. And if you want to go back and listen to that old episode, it's episode number 110. But then let's talk about an update. What's happened since 2016. So jump right in. I would love to. Okay, so my name is Amanda Williams, also known as Amanda Bible Williams. Bible is my maiden name, which is particularly funny because the Bible is my day job. (laughs) I um, run a company, a ministry called She Reads Truth with my good buddy, Rachel Myers, who's been on the show a couple times. And yeah, and we um, spend our days inviting women, men, everyone to open their Bibles and read. We think that it's important. We think that we can read it. It's great to read in a Bible study. It's great to read on Sunday morning when your pastor is preaching, but it's also great to open up and read it on your own, and we can do that. So as people who struggled to do that for a long time, we decided that we wanted a community to read the Bible with every day, and that's how She Reads Truth was born. So now um, we're almost... Amanda, when was She Reads Truth born? The community was born before the company. So the community really organically formed in 2012. Okay. And so so we're gaining on 10 years of the community, which is so exciting. And then and then we kind of formalized and and started the company kind of formed a couple years after that. And so it has been one of the biggest surprises and delights of my life to get to be a part of this because She Reads Truth was not a thing that we thought of and thought like, oh, let's start a thing. You know, like it was truly born out of need and desire of individual women who wanted to read their Bibles. And now here we are. We have a team of, you know, 25-ish people here in Nashville, Tennessee, and we do Bible reading plans and study books and resources. And it's it's so fun, and it's as as my my friend Russ says, it's good work if you can get it. <laughs> I <laughs> to love just it so spend much. your days just reading the Bible. It's incredible. So I love it. Yeah, it's so fun, and so that's my professional hat. And then personally, I'm David's wife. We have we've married. I always lose count. Almost eighteen years. Congrats! And, congrats. Thank you, thank you. And we have four kids. Our oldest is 13, 13 year old girl, twin, eleven year old boys, and then our youngest is a seven year old boy. And a lot of people know me because of our youngest child. <laughs> like he came home to us from China when he was four. So that was in 2018. We sort of inherited his internet fan club (laughs) when we adopted him. And then he's had a lot of medical trauma and challenges and still has a lot of medical challenges, but he is just a light and he is magnetic. I mean, you cannot meet this child without completely loving him. So yeah, that's who I am. I remember when you started this journey. I know you do. We had conversations about this. Yes. In fact, I feel like we were sitting at like a restaurant at a hotel. And this may have been the same time that another couple walked up and they had just gotten married. Do you remember this? I don't think I will ever forget that. (laughs) Yes. And there they were. But I remember talking with you about this. And it's been really a joy to watch it just from afar because we haven't seen each other in so long. I know. But I do know, Amanda, that a lot of people too have journeyed with, you know, you said his little fan club, but you guys have had a hard road. I mean, it hasn't been, you mentioned he has some medical challenges and it hasn't been this tie a bow on the story and everything's just, you know, 
yeah. just well. It's been really yeah. difficult for you guys. And you can share as much as you want. But how has that journey been with parenting? Yeah. I guess we could say medically fragile. I mean, yeah, would that be appropriate? Accurate. Yeah, a Absolutely. medically fragile that's... child mm-hmm. that you didn't know you were going to be parenting a medically fragile child. What has that been for you and yeah. David like? Well, you know, we knew when we adopted Toby, we had the just the benefit, which a lot of families don't get, but we knew his medical condition going in and we knew that he was going to need surgery. We actually hoped that he would, you know, be a candidate for surgery so that because as, you know, his heart condition would have, it would not have supported him growing into adulthood. And so we knew that when we brought him home, we had a lot of conversations, of course, about that and with our older kids about that. We just really felt the Lord, you know, we prayed for a family for Toby for a long time and there was the Lord just very kindly and and kind of slowly made it clear that we were to be open to the possibility of being that family. And so, and he's very easy to fall in love with. So, you know, that wasn't a very hard sell on that front. But yeah, he just is a, a really uniquely knit together kid. And so we did have the bow, kind of like the beautiful, The when he first came home, the first four months, he just adjusted amazingly. And we had an amazing four months at home with him before his surgery. And then he became a candidate for surgery earlier than we thought. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't really expecting for that to happen so quickly after he came home. But the sooner the better. You know, this is, right. these are issues that ideally you would address when they're when the child is a baby and, you know, very small. And so and he was four and growing. And so um so anyway, he had his his heart surgery. The surgery itself was successful. The repairs that were needed, which are just miraculous what they're able to do. And so the surgery itself was very long and tedious but successful. But then he had a lot of complications, a lot of bleeding at the end of surgery, and then a lot of complications afterwards. So he went kind of immediately from surgery to several hours later being on full body life support. So he was on a machine called ECMO, which basically does the work of your heart and your lungs. So his lungs really took a hit and then they took an additional hit. He got um, a really aggressive type of, of pneumonia and and so, yeah, that was the start of his very, very long road. And that was around Thanksgiving, wasn't it? If it I remember was. correctly. Yeah, it was right yeah. before your very good memory. It was right yeah. before Thanksgiving in 2018. So Toby would come home, eventually come home from the pediatric ICU, the cardiac ICU, almost a year later in October the next year. So it was a very long road. We've almost lost him a literal handful of times, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and then he had another big event almost exactly a year ago Last in Easter, April. I remember. That's I rem- right. It was. I remember Easter it was like Sunday. Easter Sunday. Yeah, yeah. On Easter. Here's Sunday, what I remember: we- is I remember. I pace when I walk talk on the phone at my house. Me too. I yeah, because we have both of us had land, and I just go outside and I just walk and walk and walk. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Rachel, and she was filling me in, and I just remember yeah. walking around my yard. Look, I almost just start crying. I remember just walking in my yard, praying yeah. for you guys. Yeah, it was very scary, and and it was very sudden, and. Yeah, it was very scary. And it was on Easter. And I'm so thankful, you know, his doctors made some really key decisions that saved his life. And I'm just so thankful to them. I'm thankful to the Lord. And he, so the update, 
We're a year later. We have not been back in the hospital except for routine things. You know, like he has been in for like a heart catheterization, but he just would go be in and out, which is so weird to me. When we go to the hospital and then come home the next day, I'm like, like, I usually spend like a year here. (laughs) I know. And like, this is my home away from home. And so he's doing really, really well. I mean, he is, he is still, you know, it's good for me occasionally to remember, okay, He's still a very sick child, baseline. He's still on a ventilator full-time. He's on oxygen full-time. He takes, I don't know, 15-ish medicines a day. Like, he's got a lot going on. However... He is thriving. I mean, he can run or like he can like he's so mobile with his his uh-huh. vent. He knows how to operate it. Like he's he <laughs> is just the most remarkable kid. And and I'm just so I'm so proud of him. And somehow he still has joy. And it mm. just blows my mind that a child who has been through so much. And so the headline update of our family is I keep saying that like there are signs of life in our home. And mm. and I, you know, and we We've all, I think we're all kind of in that place right now, you know, nationwide. Right. Because, you know, we had the hospital year and then we had sort of our quarantined for medical reasons year and then we had the COVID year. And so, but there is, there's some levity in our home Mm. and it's been a while. Mm. (laughs) It's been a while. You know, it makes me think, Amanda, I just recently read a book by Sam Alberry, and you're going to wonder how this comes into the conversation, Seven Myths About Singleness. And I interviewed him recently. It comes out um, next week. But in his book, he has a quote by C.S. Lewis, and it says this. He says, remember, one is given the strength to bear what happens, but not the 101 different things that might happen. And yes. I wonder if that's what you and David have seen since 2018. Oh, that, okay, that makes me tear up because, you know, we really have been so beautifully and wonderfully supported just by people we know and people that we will never meet Mm. (laughs) in person, you know, and very often, you know, the conversation goes just like it does with any kind of trauma or grief or, you know, a crazy circumstances that we walk through in life, I don't think I could do it. Right. You know, you look at someone else's journey, I don't think I can do it. And I'm like, or or how do you do it? Mm-hmm. You're like, you would, because first of all, you don't really have a choice. You know, there right. is a, just one foot in front of the other that happens. But that's so good because none of this is a surprise to the Lord. And while I never want to discount Toby's first family, mm-hmm. you know, his mama, who I believe that, you know, we will never know for sure, but I believe that she very bravely gave him up because it, to save his life. I believe that's what happened. And so, but I do think that he was through the brokenness and beauty of adoption. The Lord knew that he would be ours one day. And for some reason, we have been given the honor and the privilege of walking through this with him. Mm-hmm. And I am just, everyone, you know, another common response is, he's so lucky to have you. And I just, I mean, it brings me to tears because I don't, there's, I understand the heart of that, but it's backwards Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we are so lucky to have him. He is the most, he's just such a remarkable boy. And this is a beautiful story that we're in. And it's a really hard one. And even though he's thriving, like Toby thriving is still a really complicated world. (laughs) Right. But man, I'm so, I'm just so thankful. Well, it has been a joy to walk alongside you 
from afar and whenever we get to see each other as well. And it is so true when we can look at people's lives who are, you know, quote unquote, different than us or quote unquote, harder, whatever it might be like. Right, right. It is a beautiful reminder of the grace that God gives us in the needed yes. situation. It's not this like maybe one day grace. It's like grace for that moment right now. Yeah. And I think that everyone could probably look back at their own life and it might not be parenting a medically fragile child. It might not be spending right. a year in a hospital, but you would be able to find man, in that moment, I never would have thought I would have survived that. And God's grace was sufficient for that day. And you're telling that story. Yes. Yes. And, you know, this project that I got to be a part of, the Faithful Project, the song, the book, there is a song. I was not a part of writing this song, but there is a song on that record called The Detour. And if any of this resonates with you, I would just encourage you guys to listen to the song because it's just about... It's about that. Like, we don't know what our road is going to be, and our road looks different than everyone else's, and it always looks different than we think. It either Mm -hmm. should or we thought it was going to, you know, and the chorus of that song says, it says, the detour is the road. And so, like, you know, we always are on these detours, and we think, like, it's a diversion from the road that we wanted to walk and that we were meant to walk, but the hope that we have in Jesus being the king of all things who is making all things new is that, no, no, the detour we're walking, that is the road. Mm. And he's redeeming. He's redeeming it all. And so that song, goodness, you will be in tears. So I apologize for that, but it will bless you. (laughs) I cannot wait. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. 
Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Okay, you mentioned the Faithful Project, and I want to talk about this. And people that are listening, they can't see this, but I'm holding it up for if we people on YouTube that says The Faithful Project. This book cover, oh my this gosh. Is, I know, it's so I know beautiful. that you did not, I'm assuming you don't have anything to do with it. It I is did so not, amazing. But I have Oudinot over it. I mean, it is uh, it's amazing. It's so beautiful. Okay, I so I, I want to say this, Amanda, are you ready? Did you work on the songwriting parts as well? I did. Okay. I've never written a song in my life. Well, other than like ones I've made up for my kids, I don't think right. that counts. <laughs> okay, let me say this. If people don't know, my husband's a songwriter. I have this desire Mm -hmm. to write a song with him, maybe more than anything in the world. But let me tell you, Amanda, I I think I know why God is not blessing me with this opportunity. (laughs) Okay. Because I really just want my name on an album. Yeah. I want credit. I want fame. I want money. I want (laughs) rights. I want all the things. I don't understand any of this, Jamie. What are you talking about? (laughs) So I I got this book in the mail and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Look at all these authors that are now songwriters. And let me tell you, I am so excited for this project. I've said this around the office to Lindsay. I am so excited for this project and what an honor. So I need you to tell me. What was it like to write a song? Who did you write with? Give me all the things. (laughs) Okay, it was so fun. And let me tell you, I hope and pray that this will not be the last Faithful Project because it has rocked my world and so many others wow. as I've been a part of it that I believe So you're saying you be. could put a good name, you could put a word in for I'm me? I'm just saying that you may not have missed your chance is what I'm okay, saying. Okay, well, but I'm going to go right not. now when we're done. I'm going to repent for all those things I said. <laughs> I'm going to try to get my get heart right. right. I got to get right. my heart right. Okay. Okay, so tell me about how you got involved. What? Explain this to us. I'm just like, I'm so excited for this project. Yes, I will say this. After all the things, so it it looked like it was a journey. So back pre-COVID, just right before quarantining kind of started, at the beginning of 2020, it started with songwriting retreats. So we would go for a couple of days to a place called the Art House in Nashville, which is this beautiful, it used to be church, and now it is a home and a place, a gathering space for all kinds of creativity, and it's really beautiful. And so we went to the art house and we would do um, a lovely soul named Sarah McIntosh would lead us through writing exercises. So not songwriting, just writing. So and in that process, we would, you know, kind of tap into the writing that a lot of us don't do just naturally or regularly because it's really vulnerable. It's kind mm-hmm. of like therapy, you know? And so we would do some writing. And what that did is it kind of just got the creativity flowing. It got us opened up to one another and feeling safe with one another. And then we would 
eat lunch together, and then we would break up into groups. They would give us the story of one woman from Scripture. So the women that, you know, one time we wrote about Rahab, the woman at the well, just different stories, Mary, Martha, different women in Scripture. And we would we would just sit in a circle of, you know, three to five people, and we would read the story, and we would talk about it, and we would imagine what it was like to be this woman, and we would observe her encounter with Jesus or whatever it was, or like women from the Old Testament. And then we would begin to write a song, just inspired, not necessarily trying to tell the story mm-hmm. as a narrative, but just a song inspired by this woman's story and reflective of this woman's story. And it was magical. And the people in the room, you know, I've never written a song prior to this, but I love words and I love to write and I love scripture. So there'd be people like me who were, you know, more accustomed to just writing, you know, long form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were songwriters in the room and there were poets in the room, like oh. Sally Lloyd Jones and, you know, just people who, it just was a really interesting combination of creative women who love the Lord and love scripture. And so, you know, it it took some doing for those of us who weren't songwriters Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, I'm going to participate in this process. Like, I honestly didn't think I would have anything to add. Like, I just was like, this is nice that you're allowing me to be in the room, but I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, the flip side of that was those who do write songs and our songwriters had to be open to having those of us who don't do that speak into the process. And what happened, I think because of the posture that they curated through the exercises that we would do at the front of the day and just the fellowship with one another and basing it on scripture, it just worked. And we really did get to contribute and they really did let us. And, (laughs) you know, and it was just such a beautiful process. So we wrote songs and then we would perform them at the end of the day, like whatever part of the song existed at the end of the day, we would just play them for one another and sing. And then that's, it grew out of that. And then we just wrote, we wrote some chapters for this book to kind of go along with it. And it's beautiful. I'm so proud to be a part of it. So the Project Faithful is a book and an album. Am I correct? That's right. Okay, yep, so it is. you wrote about Rahab and uh, in the book, and the song is God Above, God Below, Rahab's Lullaby. Is that the yeah. song you worked on as well, I'm assuming? It is. Yeah, I did work on that. So that's one I have. I have two songs on the, the record. Okay, tell me who and, you wrote with. Okay, so Rahab's Lullaby I wrote with Sarah McIntosh and okay. Ellie Holcomb. Listen, love. You put those two women in a room, and something beautiful is going to happen. And I just got to be a part of it somehow. But yeah, but Rahab's story is so compelling to me mm-hmm. because, you know, she's in the Old Testament and she was not a part of the people of God as far as like, you know, she was not born an Israelite. She was not born right. into this group of people, but she was welcomed in by her profession of faith, and she acted on faith, and we see the Lord usher her into the family. And then she shows up in the New Testament. She's actually in the lineage of Jesus, which is mind-blowing. But almost every time in Scripture, she's referred to as Rahab the prostitute. Like her label comes Mm -hmm. right along with her, you know, all the way through. And so... It was so, in writing about her, it was really sweet and honestly kind of formative for me to look at how we tend to define her, but then to think about how God looks at her Mm. and how He knows her and how her profession of faith defined her, not her profession, (laughs) that like what she did for a living and just the redemption that happened in her life. But that song 
Sarah and Ellie and I, something that I don't think I realized going into this songwriting session is that Rahab is Boaz's mom. And so Rahab is welcomed into Does the family of God. Does it say that in the God. New Testament when it talks about the lineage? Yes. Okay, keep going. Right? So yeah. Rahab is mother to Boaz, who marries Ruth, who has Obed, who has Jesse, who has David. Right. Like, mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so we started to think about how Rahab would have told the story, the story from Joshua where mm. she hid the spies and then they, um, when they conquered Jericho, they saved her and her family and like how she would have told her son about that. And like if she were singing him a lullaby about God's faithfulness, mm. what would she say? And, um, and so it just, it was so fun. And it's beautiful, you know, to think about that woman and her story and how she can sing to her son, who then maybe sang to his and then sang to his and passed it down all the way maybe to King David. He is God above. He is God below. He is God of everything between. And, you know, there's no place you can be where he won't go. Mm. Look at my face. These eyes have seen. I know the Lord. Because that's what she says when the spies come. She says to them, I've seen what your God has done Mm. from afar. And I know know that your God, he's the God. Mm. And I'm on hit. I want to be a part of what he's doing. And I mean, it just gives me chills. I just so amazing. I love it so much. I want to play a clip for everyone so they can hear a little bit of this song because the way you're quoting it just makes me just want to hear it. So here's a clip real quick. But there was one who held me even there. He is God above. He is God Okay, that song is so beautiful. I am so proud of you, Amanda. Look at you, the songwriter. Now, listen, the melody Amanda had 0% to do with. (laughs) Um, That was all Sarah and Ellie. But I am, I'm really proud of it because you know why I'm so proud of this project? I feel weird, just my personality. I feel weird saying I'm proud of things because it feels like pride. Uh But I am so proud of this because... I am only a small part of it, and I'm so thankful to be that small part, and I'm so proud of the project that it is because I really believe that it honors God, and I really believe that it honors Scripture, and I believe that it honors these women, Mm. and then by extension that it honors us as daughters of God and our place in the story. You know, it doesn't sound very radical maybe to our ears right now to say that women are a crucial part of this story. That was pretty radical. (laughs) You know, when Jesus took time to walk up to the woman at the well and to look her in the face and to have an intimate conversation with her and to risk association with her. It was not the norm. No, it was not. And that's the other song on the record that I got to be a part of. It's called You Came For Me. Mm -hmm. And it is. it was inspired by the story of the woman at the well and just how, you know, you wouldn't. And we think this, right? We think, Jesus, if you knew, like, Mm. if you just really knew, you wouldn't. You just would. I'm not worth what you're giving. I'm not worth the price that you're paying. And I think we've all felt that way at some point. And that is not what the gospel 
preaches. <laughs> yeah, that's not, not that is not the posture of Jesus. He didn't just come for us; he came unabashedly for us. Like he made a beeline for her at the well. Yeah, he wasn't shy about it. And I, it's just there's so much beauty in these stories of these women. The thing I love that you wrote about with Rahab, and in the book, you guys, it is. There's an introduction by Amy Grant, and then there are several writers of this project. Amanda here, Ann Voskamp, Jenny Owens. I'm going to list people that have been on the show before. Lisa Harper, Rachel Myers, Ruth Jo Simon, Sally Lloyd-Jones, Trillia Newbell, plus some others as well. And you wrote about Rahab, and you talked about her identity. Yeah. And you mentioned it already, and you said that a lot of times we see it, Rahab the prostitute, you right. know? And then we also talked about the woman at the well, and it's not for sure why she had five husbands and was living with another one, whether that be through divorce or death, who knows? Right. But also she had this identity that... That was attached to her as well. Yeah. You know, we could speculate as to why she was at the well alone in the middle of the day. Right. And so we see these two women that you had the opportunity to talk about here and their identity. What does that mean for you? Do you think through your identity, how do yeah. you see God kind of come into your story as well and change that for you? Oh, I mean, it it brings tears to my eyes because I think of it really makes me look back on my on younger Amanda <laughs> and kind of watch as I go through phases of life, you know, starting as like a high schooler and going through phases of life and the places where I tried to find my identity and always feeling like I've never quite made it mm-hmm. to the thing I want to make it to, you know, whether that be to just be loved and accepted for who I was like in high school or to figure out what kind of label, like professional label I'm supposed to be, or to have earned a certain level of clout academically, like whatever it is, just throughout my life, the things I've always had this feeling of, I'm never quite there. I'm never quite, not just good enough in that I expect to have all the things be all, you know, just not in in terms of wealth or celebrity or recognition, but just these these expectations that I put on myself Mm -hmm. of like, based on what I know of myself and the opportunities that I've had and the things that I want to be true of me, I should have made it further by now. Right. And even in terms like spiritual growth and personal habits and just what following Jesus looks like, it's good to be convicted and to know that like to have aspirations of, I want my life to look like this. It currently looks like this. What changes can I make? Mm, You know, mm -hmm. those are good things. But this cloud that I, and I think probably a lot of you can relate to, like there's always this like kind of dark cloud of you're just never where you should be. You're just, you know, you've just never quite made it to the place where you should be. And and to look at these women and see that there weren't qualifications put on Mm. their inclusion into the family of God. The qualification was accepting the invitation. (laughs) The qualification for Rahab was the profession of saying, like, you are the Lord, you are God, I am with you. Mm -hmm. And for the woman at the well, it was accepting the drink of living water, you know? Like when Jesus offers her a drink and she's like, you don't even have a bucket. I mean, Mm -hmm. Sally was so funny to write with because she was just like, I mean— of course she was baffled. Like, he didn't have a bucket. How was he <laughs> going to get me water? How are you going to get me water? What are you talking about? And for her to just say, yeah, like, mm. I do need that. I am thirsty. 
And, and, you know, the refrain of the song at the end, there's just this chant, I'll never be thirsty forever, forever. I'll never be thirsty forever. And that is the reality of our life. But when we thirst after the wrong things, we can't quench it. But when we thirst after Jesus, that is a thirst that I can quench. I can go to him. He's there. His word is here. And so, yeah, I mean, it it makes me want to run a lap, as our friend Chris Kane says. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I love talking about both of these women so much. Me and too. then the change that happened and then because Rahab said, you are the God. And then we already talked about, look at her lineage. And then the change that happened at the woman of the well when she accepted the living water. And then it says she goes back into her village and many believed because of her. She's like Guys, an evangelist. She we went from, are evangelists. Yes. She went from, I need living water. What can you do for me? Oh, you know, I have five, all the things to, you have to know about this man that I just met. He just told me everything Everything I've ever done. done. Yeah. And I didn't come out of that conversation feeling shame. I came out of that conversation feeling hope and joy and life. Like she came to life in that conversation. And I just, that is what's available in the gospel. And when you, you know, we're all so starved right now for face-to-face conversation and community. But even back at the beginning of 2020, when we didn't know that was about to be taken away from us. There was such richness in sitting around mm. a literal room with other believers and women and reading scripture together and letting ourselves get lost in those stories together and then talking about the implications of those stories for us right now. And I just, it made me want to immediately do it again. Mm -hmm. Like, I just was like, I want to come right back and do this again. And the reality is, yeah, maybe we can't do a faithful project once a month, but we can, we can sit around and talk Mm -hmm. to other women honestly and openly and put on the shelf our expectations of the things we think should be true of us right now and just be honest and then let, like, open those cracks wide and just let the truth pour in. Mm, <laughs> like so that's, good. That's what we can do for one another. And it mm. made me really passionate about that. Okay, guys, the book, Faithful Project, and the album both come out May 1st, which, guys, it's right in time for Mother's Day. Pre-order it. Get it to your mama for May 9th. You got it. This comes out May 1st. I am sitting here telling you, if you go over to my YouTube page, I'll be able to show you a picture of it. Beautiful cover, hardback, beautiful writer. So many of these people have been on the happy hour. So you guys, if your listeners will love it. And then the album as well. You can download that and get it wherever you get music. And there's one more thing that you do not want to miss. And I don't say these words lightly. There's a live stream on May 1st. So we all came together. There were about 30 of us. And we we sing the songs. We tell the stories behind the songs. We read from the chapters in the book. I mean, Rachel and I sang background vocals for one of her <laughs> songs. We don't sing. It is a beautiful night of storytelling and song and worship. And I cannot imagine that if you give that hour and a half of your time to watch this that you aren't going to walk away so encouraged. And actually, I can't wait for the live stream to come out because I want to watch it over and over. Like, I cannot wait to revisit that night. So, and there's a bundle. If you want all the things, there's a bundle for that. So, Where do we get all these things? Like the live stream. Do you know where to sign up for that? Oh, I do. I do. You go to faithfulproject.com and you can see all the things. Perfect. Okay, so the live stream, guys, May 1st. It's also the day the book releases and the album releases. Highly recommend that you guys jump on this. Um, Amanda, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, I need to know, what are you loving? What are you reading? 
Okay, so what am I loving? Oh, you know what? While we're on the topic, tell I'm me. I'm wearing Abel. You, we both have a shared we love, both love for Abel. Abel. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do have on an Abel t-shirt and I do love it. But Abel did a faithful necklace Aww. with the cover of the book. So I have that on today and I just saw it in my reflection. I love it. Okay, things I'm loving. My self-care of choice right now is skincare. Okay, tell me. <laughs> Here's why I love skincare. It involves being alone in my bathroom. <laughs> okay. And closing uh, my mama, door. That sounds like a mama four for sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> and it just, it's like, it's very, it's easy, it's quick, and I feel so good. And it make I'm going to be real honest here, it makes me feel pretty. Uh-huh. When I finish, like... Cleaning my so what are you doing like and putting well the true answer to this is that I just do whatever Jamie Golden tells me to do yes I mean who doesn't right that's the realist answer Uh but currently I do the double cleanse because my girl Jamie tells me to and then I do a couple serums I try to do a mask every once like every like maybe once a week Uh and then I have a couple of (laughs) this sounds so bougie (laughs) a couple of different like night creams that I'll alternate between just depending on my mood. But it has been, I truly, the financial investment of taking care of my skin has had more benefits for my heart than it has for my face. I love it. I love it so much. That's true. In lip mask, listen, if you don't have a sleeping lip mask, I'm just telling you, you will think it's a silly thing to spend $20 on, but it lasts forever, A of all. It lasts forever. Uh B, you just feel so like ready to sleep. Got some like, it's like thick lip gloss. It's so good. Okay, so I'm loving that very, very much. What are you reading? Oh, I love reading so much. So I'm always reading the Bible because it's my job. And I think that when God gave me this job, Part of the reason was that this was the way to ensure that I would read my Bible. (laughs) I have a pastor friend that says it's one of God's greatest gifts to him is to make him a pastor because he's in the Word all the time. Mm -hmm. It Truly, it is often out of obligation, but here's the good news. Whether you're in the Word out of obligation or desire, it's still living and active. That's exactly (laughs) right. So God can still plow up your heart with it. I am reading a book. I'm still, I'm only about a third of the way in right now. I'm reading a book called You Are What You Love. It's by James K.A. Smith. It was recommended by John Mark Comer when he was on our podcast at the beginning. He was on the She Reads Truth podcast in January and we were talking about spiritual disciplines and faith practices. And so it's about habit and how like habit forms our loves. So it's been really interesting. I'm also rereading a book that I fell in love with when I was, oh, I don't know, 25, called Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Love that book. Um, I don't know if what year that was, actually. Maybe that I just dated myself. I need to reread that book. It is yeah, so good. Yeah, I needed to reread it, too. And my daughter is, she's almost 14, and she was writing, doing some creative writing for a school uh-huh. project, and she wasn't making any progress. And I was like, and she was like, yeah, I just don't feel like it. And I was like, oh, here's the reason. Yeah. You don't wait to write when you feel like it. You start writing, and then you feel like it. <laughs> you know, you when I read going. that book was before I wrote my first book. Yeah. And it, yes, and it was such a, like, inspiration. And, I, and now I'm like, I need to read that again because it really did a, a wonder on my, like, yeah. writing. And, yeah, it was real good. Real good. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. And then a book that I've had on my desk at work that I'm kind of slowly reading through is a book called Is the Bible Good for Women? Which my kids saw Ooh. this book and they said, <laughs> what kind of title is that? <laughs> right. And I'm like, listen, 
It's by a woman that I don't personally know, but her name is Wendy Alsop. And it's just about like kind of a redemptive reading of scripture for women. And so anyway, so those are the books I'm in. I haven't now Bird by Bird. I can recommend. There's some language. I can recommend that one. It, it's such a good read if you're a, a creative. The other two I haven't finished, so okay. we'll see. There we go. There we go. Amanda, what a joy. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank you. I just miss you. I Why know. Why are we having coffee right now? <laughs> I know. Or tacos. Exactly. Forget it's, coffee. I want tacos. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking about your family and this project. And I am just adore the work you guys are doing as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, friend. Thanks for having me. Oh, don't you just love Amanda and that song? I cannot tell you how excited I am about this project. It releases May 1st. You can pre-order it wherever you get books. And if you want to go to the live stream event that's on May 1st, go to faithfulproject.com. I also asked Amanda, where do you start reading the Bible? There might be some of you who are listening going, okay, this is great. I don't know how to start reading the Bible. Well, I asked her that and it's a bonus content clip over on YouTube. So go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube and you can watch Amanda and you're going to be encouraged and I'll just give you a preview. She says, start today. It doesn't matter, but she talks more about it over there. Don't forget, if you're looking for a Mother's Day gift, check out our Mother's Day idea blog at jamieivy.com slash Mother's Day 2021. You guys, I just gave you a lot of web pages. Don't forget, We always put all this in the show notes to make it easy. It's a one-stop place. If you think, what were they talking about? What was that book they mentioned? What was that lip gloss she mentioned? You can head over to our webpage and all the show notes are there. Friends, I hope you have a great week. Today's show is edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper. The show notes are written by Abby Castell. Music is written just for this show by Matt Graham. Everything is put together and produced by Lindsay Sweeney. I'm your host, Jamie Ivey, and gosh, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for showing up for another episode. If you love this episode, would you share it with a friend? And go check out She Reads Truth as well. You're going to love their stuff. Guys, come back on Friday. I sit down and talk with my friend Sam Alberry, and we talk through his book, Seven Myths About Singleness. Now, if you're not single and you might think, oh, this is one I can skip. No way. This is a good episode for everyone. I married almost 20 years. I devoured his book and loved our conversation and got something out of it, even as a married woman. So if you are single, you're also going to love this episode. So come back on Friday for my conversation with Sam Alberry. Friends, have a happy hour with a friend. Have a good week, and I'll see you back here on Friday. Thank you.